Hello, and welcome to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I am searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. Today we have author David Darazi. Is that right? That is correct. Very David good. Durazzi, you pronounce it well. Very good. And his special book as an author, it is, um, Is Everybody Happy? The Untold Story of Kathy O'Dare, a Hollywood starlet, and her struggles with mental illness. That's a pretty good entrance right there. Go ahead and say, that's that's me, that's you. Yeah, that's me, David F. Durazzi. <laughs> and yeah, a couple of books, and that's the latest one, and that's about my sister that's and her good. life. That's yeah. what we're going to hear about today. That's it. Brought this all over the place, even with a YouTube channel. Fantastic. Yeah, it was quite a... I'd already written a story about my father, and and I went through six years of all his journals and scrapbooks, and you know, and uh, I decided, hey, my sister was a movie star. She passed away at the young age of fifty-two years old, and I figured when I cleaned her apartment out about three years ago, I found all these notes and journals and scrapbooks. She kind of followed my father's footsteps as far as putting everything together. And I said, this is quite a life. And so it took me about three years and I put the, is everybody happy together? And the reason the title is, is everybody happy? Or kind of, well, she was on happy days, but at the same time, anytime she'd go into a room, she'd always say, is everybody happy? And so <laughs> my son's just gave me that idea. I said, dad, why don't you use that as a title? And so I did. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Now, what what year was she born in? She was born in 1957. Actually, her birthday was uh, what three four days ago, August 27th, 1957. I saw that and she was a Virgo. Yes, yeah, she was a Virgo. She was always full of life, and she was quite a gal. And uh, she started acting. You know, my mom, her mother, our mother was a vaudeville star with my father. TV, radio, and so my mom never made the movies, and I think she got to relive her life through my sister, and she got her started at the age of three, and she got her big break at a, at the age of 11 on a, you know, a nationwide TV show, uh, The Banana Splits Adventure Hour, and Richard Donner, the, the, produ the producer, director for Lethal Weapon and uh, Superman and all those movies, took a liking to her and he really helped her out along the way and she got the big part you know and then from there you know it was happy days but she acted all her life but she since the age of three she acting singing you know one of the stars she acted with I mean she went to acting school for many years was uh everybody's heard of uh the gentleman in Star Wars um Luke Walker Mark uh -huh. Hamill and she was yeah. friends for him for most of her life. But they both started together, and she went one direction, and he went another. And, and you know, she had a lot of stars that she went to school with. They were on General Hospital, um, One Life to Live, and all those. So she was in prime time. And 
what slowed her down was her mental illness struggles as she got older you know when you hit the age of 19 it all started happening so that's so you know she had a great career very short-lived i always tell everybody you know, it'd be something if she would have stayed healthy, she would have been on the picture of People magazine a hundred times. I mean, she was at the top of the world at 16. She was on the cover of TV Guide with Ronnie Howard and promoting the show Happy Days, with, which was yeah. one of the number one sitcoms of all times. Now, that's, actually ran that's her picture after, behind you. Is that right? That's her picture behind me. Actually, it's a partial picture of the cover of TV Guide. They were on the jukebox. Ronnie Howard was on right next to her and uh -huh. um yeah that's her you can see she has a beautiful girl all the way through it seems all like way through you know, yeah she was good it, well, yeah, i'm sorry that's right i was gonna comment on i i'm a guy that that can't get away from a book unless i understand the tables of content yeah yeah i agree <laughs> So let's start. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's start. start. Okay. All right. Well, it all started. Uh, you know, she went to acting school at the age of three, and then, and then she had a pretty good life up until the age of eighteen, and then she had a traumatic experience uh, over in Hawaii. She took a trip over there, and she uh, it kind of set her back. She got back. You know, she made all this money between her shows growing up uh she's a big star in high school went to eagle rock high school we grew up in a little community called eagle rock in los angeles just south of pasadena california and what happened is she got back and uh, she actually took a ride in her new yellow volkswagen up to san francisco and all of a sudden she was found by my cousin up there and she was kind of delusional and she ended up in a, a mental institution for six months i mean six weeks and we finally got her back and you know she was on meds from the age of 19 forward and she managed to get by i mean but she struggled as we went along she she was a receptionist in a restaurant did a few things but you know she had pretty good money left from all her her career and but then it got worse and it was amazing at the age of 39 she actually had a child and wow. uh before and that is still living today she's about 25 years old she's fine doing well as a nurse and but you know she had a lot of things that occurred between I actually got the where I wrote the story is I experienced her last 10 years of her life uh, she was in and out of mental institutions and I used to see her every two weeks and and I I wrote down all the experiences I had and I was right. able to engage with her and right. you know and give her the best life she could you know I'd go down there every two weeks we'd say breakfast or lunch together or dinner right. and and uh but you know she would she'd be in the middle of a lot of like when I'd be sitting with her at a meal she would be all of a sudden she'd say things that didn't make sense oh David I got shot yesterday I says where's the blood you know I says you know, uh -huh. blood. Uh -huh. you know and then then she would say you know and then sometimes it's tough when you when you have somebody you know that's close to you in mental illness I'd see her and 
I'd call her every week, you know, the weeks, the odd week. I'd call her every week, but she told me a story one time. She said, David, I got a black eye. I got beat up. And the police came, and I go, what? Oh, come on, Kathy, you're making that up. And lo and behold, she somebody did beat her up. And she, she, when the next time I saw her, she had a black eye. She said the police came, and everybody, you know, it was one of the halfway houses where they let you go out, and they kind of heard all the activity. And all right. these other people, they're mentally ill. They said, oh, my God, right. she was on happy days, <laughs> you know. So, but she was a saint. She was very spiritual. And she was, you know, it just, she struggled with it. And she didn't want to take meds. Like a lot of mental ill patients, they don't want to touch right. meds because all the side effects. I mean, one time she put on a lot of weight. I mean, Deprexa is one of the, I, I haven't talked to my doctor about it recently. And he said, yeah, they put out Deprexa, one of the mental illness drugs, before the Lily, Eli Lilly did, even before they knew the effects of it. And she right. put on like 20, 30 pounds. But then we saw her one time, we ran into another girl that looked like her. I went with my mom and my aunt. And it looked, it looked like her, looked like her, but she was about 100 pounds heavier. And we said, oh, my gosh. Right. But, yeah. but anyway, that's so true. When did... Uh... When she came back from from Hawaii, yes, was there any problem with the cars? You mentioned a new car. Did she have an accident or anything like that? No, the, key, the thing. It was really sad in Hawaii. You know, she told me about this years later, and she got molested by two strange men when she was over. She went there alone. And basically, that just must, you know, they say any traumatic things, and it may have been, there may have been drugs involved, too. I don't know, you know. I mean, uh, she was in that part of Hollywood for a period of time, and but it, she just never was the same. And But her car, she came back, and she was able to drive a car. My mom and I both said, what is she doing driving up there alone? And, but obviously, you know, we... We weren't medical doctors or anything, and I did the best I could, you know, because I grew up with a father who would struggle with it, too, and I helped him out, and I got, you know, when I saw this happen to her, I said, she needs help, you know, and I tried to help her as much as I could. But they say it's something that if you have it in your genes, and I'm the only sibling left in my whole family, and but if, if it's something that kicks it off and they really don't know but if it's something traumatic happens in your life you know it's it could just throw you off you go into bipolar she was yeah. schizophrenic paranoia it could change your life Those yes things it can. can happen really did yeah. and we try to give her the best life we could and you know um i didn't learn about a program that they had until she was like you know, the, the world interesting one time, the way she ended up in an institution for the last 10 years is she was driving on Highway 101 with a car. She had a little Toyota to herself. And she just said she saw demons. I mean, she wrote all this. She saw demons and she ran from her car. She left it in the middle of the highway, ran towards the ocean. And, and uh, they analyzed her. I guess the police picked her up and they have a program called the PERT program where they analyze mental people to see if they're a threat to themselves or something's wrong. And I heard about that program with a gentleman I used to work for, because what's interesting, he had a sister that was like my sister that ended up on the street and everything else. But 
And she and he talked about getting her in that hospital. So so I, I just followed up with him and it's just kind of funny. I found it's kind of interesting how I found out about it and I pursued it and it all worked out. You know, and she ended up being taken. She but when they get that way, she was going in and out of hospitals through the I mean these assisted living hospitals through the years. Right. Right. And uh you know, one then she met some person in there one time that was a sociopath and tried to take her off her meds and she ended up in this, one of those big secure mental hospitals where you have to walk in and you know go through all these locks like a you know like a jailhouse and right i had right. visited there a couple of times in those type of places and you know but i did the best and we did the best to give her the best life but uh well you did and, and yeah. that's one that's one point one of the things that is left on the table that that we don't know anything about and that's what you've been describing as the uh, schizophrenia um you know those are something that nobody can t t you know cure for you it's 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 an imbalance in the and the chemicals in the brain is what i was told once upon a time oh it is and uh yeah it's there's just no way i mean she when i'd visit her and i'd be sitting with her at lunch or whatever she's oh yeah i was married to don henley and david lee roth and mrs kathy i says how can you say you're married to them and, and she's i'd sit there and she'd look at me and she'd say you know maybe you're right i never had a church wedding with any of them but i had the breakthrough one moment but that'd be occasional but she yeah. would always get these ideas and you know, she, it's weird. It's schizophrenic paranoia people. They like, for some reason, they like to be in the dark. And, and, uh, I'll never forget. And I'll tell you a funny story. I, I had a rental property and I had a girl that was schizophrenic paranoia. This happened about after my sister passed. And, and I says, where's your, I'll meet you. She said, I'll meet you at a chicken stand. I says, okay, I'll meet you at a chicken stand. And so anyway, I said, where's your house and all that? She says, I don't have a house. She says, I'm paranoid schizophrenic. And I said, I tell you what, I'm going to give you a chance of a lifetime. You know, because you seemed okay. And I says, I'm going to rent this place. To you. And she was, ended up being an okay tenant. She went, came from one of those clinics, but, you know, it worked out well. And I, so at least I feel I gave back that way and tried to help my sister. And it was just odd. Nobody else would have rented to her, I don't think. Well, back then, I don't know that people knew physical people. Uh, yeah, a physician type of people. If if they right. don't know whether or not, for instance, it's it's being bipolar. Um, right. I I had a best best friend that I grew up with, and uh, you know, one day he just kind of, I don't know, just the wrong direction and the wrong whatever, and he made from that point forward he made every decision is about as a bad decision that he made. And it hurt all of those people around him, you know, trying to make things that's okay. Uh, he's dead now, so that's whatever. Uh, I see now you're you're a fucking panel of math. You're a you're a, you were born in forty nine. Yeah, nineteen forty nine, uh, April twenty sixth. Yeah, nineteen forty. I'm a Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> I born. I was in forty eight. Really? Oh my gosh! That's how I knew that yeah. in September. That's how we knew the uh, the Virgo part. 
Okay, okay, that's right. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I, I experienced, uh, I've read about it, but like experienced it, I mean, my father at the age of 14, um, my mom couldn't deal with it. I mean, I was, my brother went to the hospital and went, no, I went to the Navy. And uh, I actually was, you know, one of the sons home that was uh, responsible. And my dad got in a fight with my mom one time and I had to break it up. And, and right. you know, 14 year old kid. And then the next day, my mom said, you got to get him to go to the hospital. I said, mom, I said, well, you want me to take him to the You got I got I can't deal with it, you know? So I, anyway, I was sitting there with my dad and he says, David, what should I do? You know, we got to the hospital, Los Encinas and Pasadena's where all the stars go. My dad was a TV star, like I said, and radio star. And I said, Dad, I love you, man. You got to do it. But it was tough, you know, and throughout his life, up until the age I got married, I mean, I tried to stay by him. And nobody around me knew that uh, I had mental illness in my family. Um, I tried to hide it. I was most inspirational football player. I was had a job since I was nine years old, just like Rich Bad Poor Dad, that book that he wrote. I mean, I'm, I'm an example of that. And I've been kind of like, I became the caretaker and I realized that, you know, somebody's got to do it, you know, because it's funny when I, and one of the halfway homes that she stayed at, the last one, actually, I asked the gentleman, I says, how many people, you know, there are 60 people in there. And I said, how many families come and see there? Their family. He says maybe 10%. So six out of 60. Everybody else doesn't want to have anything to do with right. the old people. You know, right. it's kind of right. like so I think that's the point I'm trying to make in the book that I wrote. It's like if people are mental illness around you, you got family, friends, kind of do what you can do to help them out. I mean, right. they're they're alone and you know, right. some direction. Um right. And I did. And I and I really feel fulfilled that I was able to tell their great stories and the great things about them because a lot of people didn't realize what it's like. And I just tried to share that with all my experiences and everything. And I, well, I, I like you know, when the church, I go ahead. I'm sorry. It's all right. You can finish. Yeah. I went to, yeah. a, to church, church I go to it, uh, and the, the guy that owns the car dealership, my dad was a great salesman. He's the greatest salesman in the world. You know, he yeah. wasn't sick. And he says, oh, my God, your dad, your dad was amazing. Bob Smith over in Glendale, they own a bunch of dealerships in California. And they said, yeah, we were about 15, 16, or uh, in our 20s, just started working. Your dad, we talk about him all the time. He was a cartoonist, used to do things uh -huh. and Anyway, there's a, they're kind of like, I've heard once, and I talked to somebody once, they said it's like your borderline genius, the people that are schizo or parent, you know, they're schizo yeah, or bipolar. Have you heard that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. I also picked up on your paper route. Uh, I couldn't start until age sixth grade. And you what? were at nine, you were up throwing papers at nine. Oh, yeah. That's right. At nine years of age, my brother was going in the service. And, you know, I've been really, I've been a top salesman for 40 plus years, you know, and I've set all kinds of records. And uh, basically, I, one of my first sales, and I, I, it was that my brother was going off in the service and 
I talked this paper route manager back then to give me the job and I got it and right. been working ever since. Well, your your dad helped it every every bit of it. Uh, yeah, he did. He did. You got to be I'd at least twelve to do it. Yeah, he did. I, he did. He helped. He helped me, and he used to drive around in the trunk. I sit in the trunk of his car. He never let people do this today, and I just throw the papers, you know, and then I tap <laughs> on the back of the trunk, and I'd say, "Dad, stop!" And one time he listened to the he's listening to the radio, and I had to miss a couple blocks, and he finally heard me. <laughs> oh mercy yeah. mercy well that's yeah. that's a that's a long time ago world i'm glad i learned it but i'm also glad that i'm doing something different other than throwing papers no i agree i agree you know my life has been uh went to you know uc irvine graduated working i put myself and i got in the grocery business for about 10 years and went back to school and you know, got into industrial, technical, chemical. I sell water treatment. I keep the water clean in the world today. Yeah. Supposedly, yeah. anyway. Supposedly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So, yeah, it's been, I, you know, I, I really look back at life and I really learned a lot and I want to share it with everybody out there. You know, I could have retired eight years ago and just had somebody come up and say, hey, you, we, you want to come do a little water treatment for us? Actually, I treat the water at Caltech. And uh, I'm their consultant. You've heard of Caltech, MIT, all those. And, you know, and it works. I mean, I, and you, I try to work smarter, not as hard as I used to. Just like you say, you like what you do. <laughs> I had a guy tell me that one time when he retired. He said, I got to leave. When you want me to be my last email. He says, when you get older, work smarter not harder <laughs> that's right we're now this book here this everybody happy um yes that's gonna, that's gonna play uh, a piece of uh people's lives i'm gonna say uh because you know they may know somebody that has something like that what they can do cannot do that type of thing but but all the others they don't know what to do with it and and this is something that that probably everybody getting out of elementary school should know about this not that they can spell schizophrenia <laughs> well that's interesting because that's that i am actually approaching my local school districts right now i met with the mayor where i live and actually i'm going to be giving talks at schools i'm actually going to give a speech at the ymca three ymcas here in Southern California. I'm going to be doing that on September 29th. So, I mean, I want to get it out there that you're right. Young right. kids, and, and and I think right. parents need to be able to recognize it. Correct. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Now, the topic is going to be, is everybody happy? Is that you're going to speak about the book every time? Yes, get yes. It's everybody happy. And then the experience that I had in, with my sister and how she lived her life and what transpired. And, you know, if people realize that you've got to be real careful. I mean, there's a lot of stars out there that start at a young age. And I mean, it's in the papers. They're all messed up, you know, because it's too much stardom too quick. Right. And they can't really live their childhood the way yeah. that they really it's meant to be. And right. It's tough. You know, well, some that'll, suicide. 
this your your book is going to start filling for people, and they'll get an opportunity to to help others. Um, you know, the, the two guys in Hawaii can't can't cure them, but uh, mm-hmm. others can can be aware, be aware. And that's one of the yes. you know, a few years ago, more than a few years ago, it was about ten years ago. I was thinking about when I was about writing my book, my own book. And I thought to myself, awareness, awareness is something you got to have. So I called up GoDaddy and put $39 on, on, on the red. And <laughs> now I have uh, uh, having awareness.com. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it just costs $39 and everybody. Yeah. And I think people need to be aware. I mean, it's funny. People don't stop in their tracks every day. I mean, I'm a victim. I was work. I consider myself. I had two and three jobs for thirty years. I mean, and I kind of cut back as as time passed. But it, you don't even have time to stop and look at smell the roses and look out there what's around you. Let alone aware of what's going on within your family. I mean, I'm on my second marriage now. You know, and it's hard if you try to if you don't stop and look at the whole yeah. picture you know so. yeah i'm i'm second married as well yeah my uh i have a psychiatrist cousin she says the first is the trial marriage the second one's <laughs> the, re- <laughs> the real one yeah, anyway i thought i thought that was funny but you know she's been doing it many years down in texas well let me let you tell my audience where, where they find your book and you could probably okay, you could find my you probably include yeah. those speeches you're gonna make. Yeah, okay, definitely. Uh yeah, and there'll be more and I'll post them or you know, as, as, when I can. And yeah, it's ww David D A V I D F E O R A Z I dot com. And I'm on Twitter and Facebook, Twitter Dave Durazzi, David F. Durazzi. Um and uh instagram so once in a while i get out there and talk about things and what i'm doing and i'll definitely post it on instagram when i'm giving these talks and like i said the tough thing about it i haven't been giving talks for about four months i got laryngitis but now i'm back and good. Uh, good. yeah very good so yeah looking forward to it and i'm really excited about being on your show and i'll definitely pick up your book that's embracing the abyss. Embracing the abyss. The abyss. Okay, I've listened to right. some of your podcasts. I really enjoy it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to send you a link okay. where I made a where I made a speech. Okay. And, and now we're at a point to where, and you're going to be another one that's going to know about this when you talk about people and you say thank you for coming and listening to us yeah. and. Um, liking searching for integrity and so long and happy trials to all <laughs>